Drive by track. I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about So What the Fuzz from A Time to Love. Uh, recorded at late 2004 at Wonderland and released on the 22nd of March 2005. Uh, on the track, it is Stephen Wonder on most of the instruments, as has been since he was a teenager. Prince is on guitar and on Vogue or on backing vocals, though I can't. I mean, I can't say, like, I really noticed that it was on Vogue on backing vocals. Um, you know, I, uh, there's nothing kind of, like, super distinct. But then um, on this particular track, I'm mostly distracted by the way that Stevie Wonder is singing the song. Um, he seems to have adopted this kind of very odd kind of, like, rapping style for singing the lyrics. Uh, but that's something we can get into as we discuss the song. It is five minutes and four, and uh, joining me to talk about today is Erica Thompson. Hello, Eric. Hello. Guess for, like, a genre, um, uh, I don't know, like... <laughs> maybe it's like a protest song or um i don't know it's it's based on this kind of very very kind of like funky bass line that seems to be like the main kind of backbone of the thing um you know obviously played by stevie wonder i like that in the video they really lean on that as well like stevie wonders at the kind of um you know at the keyboard but then he's also sitting at the drums um at one point in the video and then you know he like he basically he keeps playing all the instruments it's just like a really fun thing that they did in the video uh just kind of acknowledging that yes stevie wonder plays everything um apart from the guitar on this track which is just prince which um it's not like particularly high in the mix like you know uh, like i remember this coming out and like the whole thing of being like oh it's it's stevie wonder and prince collaborating and then you hear the song and it's like, I can't, like, I can hear a little bit of the guitar, but I'm not, like, getting, like, a huge kind of, like, Prince vibe from it or anything. Um, it just seems like, you know, a really kind of good Stevie Wonder song, um, you know. And, and like I said, you can hear on Vogue on there, but I don't know that, like, you could have had anyone really doing those backing vocals. I don't think that on Vogue are really bringing anything particularly distinct to the song. Um, but again, I think that's mostly because the focus in this song is very much kind of like Stevie Wonder um as as it has always been since he was you know little stevie um you know he's pretty much always the focus of every track um even when he's you know recording an entire album for his wife it's still stevie wonder that's the focus of the of the whole thing um you know not to say that he's you know someone with a big ego or anything but he's just so talented you can't help but focus on stevie wonder um, were I ever to do a follow-up podcast to Prince Track by Track, it would probably end up being Stevie Wonder Track by Track. Um, because, you know, if I had to pick, like, an artist that I love roughly 99% as much as I love Prince, it would probably be Stevie Wonder. Um, you know, his, his, like, his 70s output from, uh, where I'm coming from through to, like, Songs in the Key of Life, I don't know that any artist will ever have a run of albums, like, as good as that. Uh, from where I'm coming from is not even like really a, like a great album, but like for other artists, if they did that album, that would be like the best album they ever recorded. But for Stevie Wonder, it's like his sixth best album of the 70s. Um, and then he only gets better from there on out. Um, and bizarrely enough, he hasn't recorded anything. I mean, he hasn't recorded an album, should I say. He has recorded a couple of tracks since since So What the First. This is like after this, I think he released one more single off this album and then he's recorded like two more tracks um like and that's it like stevie wonder basically has, has done almost nothing in the last kind of like uh you know 14 years and he shouldn't have to because i feel like his legacy was secure in 1976 like i <laughs> i feel like the last 40 years 
he didn't need to do anything else, you know. He's he's done other stuff, but he could have just he could have just stopped with songs in the key of life and never recorded another thing in his life, and he would have had a perfect legacy, um, you know. And he's done some really great stuff since then, and he's also done some very bad stuff since then, uh, which is why I'd probably be reluctant to do a Stevie Wonder track by track because, you know, once you get to you know the Woman in Red soundtrack, I feel like I I don't know how I would even cope with getting through that. Um, but like, you know, he's like, he's such a, it's so, it's so weird because he is such a talented person and, you know, you throw like the whole being blind on top of that and that doesn't even really matter. Like, you know, he's, he's one of those people who has like perfect pitch and, you know, much like George Michael Bluth on Arrested Development, he has perfect timing. Like if you just, like, if you just hear some of the, there's some like um, behind the scenes stuff of the, some of the albums he did in the seventies. And if you just see like this kind of like 20 something year old just sitting behind the drums and just figuring out like the drum pattern and then immediately walking over to like you know the piano and then playing the piano line on top of the drums he's literally just played and it's astounding even if he wasn't blind it would be astounding but the fact that he's blind just takes it to a whole different level um and he's got such a like his voice it, like there are there are songs of stevie wonders that i listen to and i'm just sometimes they just bring me to tears because that his voice is so perfect and it's just, it's kind of crazy. And then I don't, I mean, I really enjoy this song, but like I said, this delivery that he picks for delivering the verses is so kind of weird. Cause it's, it's, he's like, he's trying to sing the words too quickly and he seems to get like a little bit lost. And I, I mean, he, he throws in the kind of shame on me, shame on you, like every now and again, but in between when he's doing like the, this really fast delivery, um, I don't think he 100% sells it. Um, but I, you know, I love the production on the song so much that I kind of like, as I'm listening to the song, I'm like, I, I would have picked a different way for him to deliver these lyrics, but you know, he's Stevie Wonder. He's won hundreds of Grammys. I've got no Grammys to my name. So who am I to tell Stevie Wonder how to sing a song? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, gosh, where to begin? Well, <laughs> Stevie Wonder's a legend. He has nothing else to prove. And I find myself defending this album. And it's interesting because I think this is one of the weakest songs on the whole album, A Time to Love. But it's still a good album. And it actually did win a Grammy, I believe, from four from the bottom of my heart, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, I mean, it's not... You can't compare this album to what he did in the 70s. But um, I think there are some really beautiful songs, particularly with Harmony with India Ari and with his daughter on certain songs. Uh, but for this song, um, I guess it's a, like you were talking about genre. I guess it's like maybe funk, pop. I don't know how to categorize it. Um, but I think, you know, to your point about In Vogue, yeah, I don't know if it's if they're adding anything special, but I think it was a big deal that they that he got the original members of In Vogue on this because they had kind of broken up over the years and added new members. So I think that was a highlight in that respect. And then also Prince, I kind of like that Prince is, is like a session musician, right? He didn't co-write this. He's just showing up to play guitar. And I don't know how many artists, you know, better Prince music historians than I can kind of recall when he was just playing guitar on something for a song he didn't write for a protege. Um, so I'd be interested to kind of look at that list. But I just like that he's kind of just showing up uh, to help out. And I was looking at the video of this and he's not in the video 
video, of course, which I don't know if I would want him to be in the music video because it's just, he's got to keep up that Prince mystique. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, the guitar sounds nice. It's not a spectacular song to me, but I just kind of like that he's showing up as a, as a session musician here. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like it because it gives me an excuse to include this as a bonus track on this podcast and I can talk about Stevie Wonder for just a little bit because, you know, I, I just, I mean, like I said, like, you know, um, there's a film that came out called uh, High Fidelity, which is based on a book by a British, you know, writer. And it's all about a guy who, you know, collects tons of records and is a terrible human being and spends, you know, makes makes a list of his ex-girlfriends and kind of goes and talks to each of them. Um, and that's, that, uh, that film finishes with... Um, the the song uh, I believe when I fall in love, uh, it will be forever. I think is that the title. I can't remember which part of that is in the um, in in parentheses. Um, but I remember seeing that film at the cinema and hearing that song and being like, "That is amazing. What is that song?" <laughs> and then immediately going out and buying uh, the album that had that song, which I think is Innovisions. Um, and then listening to the rest of Innovisions and being like, I don't even think it was Innovisions. It might be Fulfilling's first finale. But it was just one of those albums from the 70s. And then I just ended up buying all of those albums from the 70s of Stevie Wonders and just listening to them. And I'm like, this is like everything on these albums is just amazing. Like there's no kind of like denying the t like the talent that is there. And, you know, it like, I mean, obviously I knew about the song Higher Ground because it was covered by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground is garbage compared <laughs> to, like, Stevie Wonder's version of Higher Ground. Like, it's a fun in a version, but, like, Flea's playing, like, you know, his, his kind of typical, like, slap bass. And you're like, what are you doing, Flea? You're ruining what is a perfectly good song by throwing on this horrible, you know, kind of, like, slap bass. And it's just, like, it just does not fit. Um, you know, and then you like when you consider stuff like, you know, like, like, I mean, even if you just think about like the kind of track listing for Inner Visions, you know, like from Too High and then Visions, Living in the City, Golden Lady, Higher Ground, you know, Jesus, Children of America, not one of my favorite tracks, but still a great song, you know, All all in Love is Fair. I mean, that's just an amazing song. Um, you know, don't you worry about a thing which has this whole thing with Stevie Wonder at the beginning when he's kind of like, I don't know, he's improvising and he's trying to be funny, but he's not very funny. It's kind of cringy, but it's still kind of like funny. And then something like he's Mr. Know-it-all, which is like, you know, a scathing endorsement of Richard Nixon. And it's like, I don't know, like just in those nine songs, you're like, this is a perfect album. And then he did that like four more times in the 70s. And you're like, this is insane. Like the, the, the level of talent here is kind of crazy that like, you know, he's he's doing so much stuff on these different albums. And, you know, when when Paul Simon, um, you know, won um, the Grammy for Still Crazy After All These Years, he thanked Stevie Wonder for not releasing an <laughs> album that year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like it's, it was kind of acknowledged how talented Stevie Wonder was just like in the 70s. I mean, there was one of those albums, um, it might be fulfilling this, where he like had a car crash and he was in a bed and he still recorded songs while he was confined to a bed. They're probably better than, I don't know, anything that's been, like one Grammy of the year for like the last decade. Like, it's just kind of insane. Um, so yeah, so you kind of get this kind of minor song that's got Prince, like you say, just as a session musician, like there's nothing particularly princey about the guitar. It's just like really competent guitar playing, like, uh, which is kind of drowned out by the level of whatever Stevie Wonder is doing. Like, 
Um, you know, and obviously on Vogue, you know, they have wonderful voices, but like I say, it could be anybody singing singing that back in. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, I guess the achievement of having the original members is probably one of the I remember that as kind of being one of the selling points of this. Um, but yeah, it was kind of touted as like, oh, this is the big collaboration between Prince and Stevie Wonder, but it isn't really. It's just kind of, and I, I love that Prince was kind of, you know, he knew that Stevie was that talented that he could just kind of be like, okay, I'll just, I'll just come in and play some guitar and that's it. I don't need to do anything else. You know, you, why, like, what is there that Prince could do that could direct Stevie Wonder? Like he, it's not like Prince would come in and go, oh, I've got some ideas on how to make this better. It's like, you're standing there with Stevie Wonder. What are you going to do? Like... You know, you, there's nothing that you could possibly do that would, imp, you know, that could make this better because Stevie Wonder's doing everything else, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, like I say, it, it is probably, like, like you say, it's probably one of the lesser songs on the whole album. Um, and it is kind of like, you know, even the album itself is not like, a, you know, a, a really strong album, I don't think. Like compared, I mean, you know, compared to anything from the 70s that Stevie Wonder did, no album is a strong album. Um, but I guess it's hard for Stevie Wonder to kind of, compete with stevie wonder from 20 years before that um you know so i guess that's what kind of makes it really difficult but i it's just one of these things where the fact that he hadn't released an album in like a decade was just kind of it's kind of crazy how much stuff he put out in the 70s going into the 80s and then from like 1980 to like now he's barely put any albums out and it's i don't know it's just i mean if i was him i would have done the same i would have kind of after the 70s i would have been like i've done more than enough i don't really need to keep releasing an album a year but I feel like, I don't know, it kind of disappoints me because I would have just loved if in the 80s Stevie Wonder would have kept that kind of that that kind of quality up. Uh, but like I say, he kind of, he dipped in quality just a little bit in terms of, you know, stuff. I mean, the funny thing is I remember like the single for Jungle Fever coming out and I loved that that, that song just basically describes the entire plot of that film. <laughs> it's just like, it's like such a kind of, I, I just love, I just imagine the idea of a Spike Lee being like, Stevie, can you do a soundtrack? And he's like, okay. And he's like, tell me the plot of the film. And Stevie's like, okay, that's the first single. I'm just going to, everything you've just told me, Spike, I'm going to put it into a song and that's going to be the title track. And that's, and like, you don't even need to watch the film. If you just listen to the song, you know, Jungle Fever, you've pretty much seen everything that goes on in that film. It's not a great film. It's okay film. It's an all right film. Wesley Snipes is quite good with it, but you know, it's it's just it's just it's just one of those things where it's like the amount of talent that Stevie Wonder has, um, you know, that is on display from when he was like even even if you listen to the stuff he did when he was like you know a, 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 like a child, you're like this is insane how talented he he was like it and you know obviously some kind of like child singers when they become adults their voices change so much that it's kind of you know you lose something but with Stevie Wonder he, you know his voice only ever got better with age like you know his voice in his 20s is so much stronger than his voice as a teenager which was even, which was a wonderful voice anyway um you know and I, I guess the weird thing on this song is that stevie wonder doesn't sing and use his voice in the way that you expect um that's the kind of weird thing about this song is just like that kind of delivery of which i, I don't know like it's it's such a weird kind of hybrid of him singing and then when he gets to the choruses and he's got this kind of like, you know, shame on me, shame on you. Like, then you kind of, you get the kind of, oh, that's Stevie Wonder's wonderful voice. And then he, you know, he's back, he's back to that weird kind of half wrapped delivery, which <laughs> just makes the song such an oddity. Um, you know, even if it didn't have Princeton on Vogue, I think I'd still have to talk about this song with someone because it's like, it's such a weird song. Like, I, I you know, I mean, he keeps saying, so what's the first? And I'm like, yeah, what is the first Stevie? What is going, like, what is going on here with you? um but 
but yeah, I, I I love the kind of social commentary in it, but it's just such a weird song in terms of the delivery. And like you say, you know, the rest of the album's got so many other good, like really strong songs on that it's kind of weird that this is, you know, the, the song that he's like, it's got to be a single. I'm guessing his record company were like, it's got Prince on, it's got on Vogue on. <laughs> you know, it's it's got to be it's got to be a single. We've got to be able to sell that somehow. Like, we you know we can't just you know like we can't rely on the fact that you're singing a couple of songs with your daughter and have that be like, you know, a selling point. Um, although you know, of course, the fact that Aisha is on a couple of tracks is just again that's just one of those things where you're like, I know who that is because he sang about her on this song. Like, you know, I mean, also you know, isn't she lovely? Might be one of the most perfect songs ever recorded. Um, even like the kind of five minute harmonica solo outro which is just insane which is over the top of stevie wonder you know bathing his daughter and just recording that like i don't know it's just every i love so much about stevie wonder that this song is such a kind of weird minor thing um that it's just it's just such a weird oddity in his like career and then when you look at the fact that it's like you know since this since he since he released this song he's basically only released like two other songs and that's it like in the last 14 years it's it's kind of like um you know i know he's toured quite a bit in between anyway you know but it, 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 i mean I, the weird thing is he's kind of turned into something that prince never wanted to be you know prince never wanted to be like a, a greatest hits artist kind of like you know t just touring his back catalog and that's kind of what stevie wonder you know has ended up becoming a little bit um but you know so talented i don't care just you know, if that's what he wants to do that's what he wants to do i just miss the fact that you know, we've had a decade where I feel like we could have had like another three or four really great Stevie Wonder albums. And instead, you know, he hasn't, you know, he's just recorded two songs and that's pretty much it. Like, and one of those was for the film Sing, which I like, I don't even know what that is. Like, it's such, it's such a weird kind of thing. Uh, not quite as weird as Prince recording a song for Happy Feet, but still, you know, a little bit odd. Hey, that Happy Feet song is good. <laughs> but, oh, it's, but, it's a um, great song, but it's it's a weird thing for Prince to do, for someone to go, here's here's a film about dancing penguins, you know, do a song for us, Prince. It, well, <laughs> I think the backstory on that is that they wanted to use, like, Kiss and maybe a couple other of his songs, and then, like, Prince being Prince was like, okay, but I want to write something too. <laughs> so I think <laughs> yeah. that's how that happened. But um, it's funny, the delivery on So What the Fuss didn't bother me or stand out to me as much, but I have this memory of like my like a, a goofy cousin like saying so what the and then inserting the curse word there <laughs> because <laughs> there's so much overlap there <laughs> but um but no it's funny because the parallels between Stevie and Prince like even though Prince kept on releasing you know album after album before he passed um I think the a lot of fans make the same argument about like oh, uh, Prince's output in the 1980s was just so classic and so genius and so creative, and then you just kind of went downhill. I'm not making that argument, but a lot of fans do make that argument. So there's a parallel there with Prince in the 80s and Stevie in the 70s. But then also, I mean, of course, they're both geniuses. They're both multi-instrumentalists. And Diffuser.fm, 
has a nice article on this song, and I just want to quote. They they include some quotes um, that Prince says about Stevie, and Stevie says about Prince. Prince said, "I use Stevie Wonder as an inspiration, whom I look up to a great deal, just for the way he crafted music and his connection to the spirit." And this was a Larry King interview. And he says, and boy, back then I used him as a role model in trying to play all the instruments and being very self-contained and keep my vision clear. And then Stevie, after um, Prince passed, said about Prince, he could play classical music if he wanted to. He could play jazz if he wanted to. He could play country if he wanted to. He played rock. You know, he played the blues. He played pop. He played everything. And he was very cognizant of what his responsibility was as a musician and a human being. So it's just awesome to see these two legends together. Even if the song isn't great, it's just great that they're on a song together. And then around this time, I mean, there are a lot of live performances that you can go on YouTube and look at um, to see both both of them on stage, but around this time they did a tribute to Shaka Khan for the BET Awards. And just to see Prince and Stevie on stage and you have India Ari and Yolanda Adams, it's just just like almost too too much genius to handle. So I think, you know, it's just it's just great to have them together. Um, and you know, something else I thought about Darren too was that you know, Prince would produce and write albums for people he looked up to, like George Clinton and Larry Graham and Shaka Khan. And I kind of wonder, I mean, did he ever think about trying to do something like that for Stevie? But to your point, it's like, Stevie is such this genius, you know, what could Prince have done? Not to say that he couldn't have done anything, but I think that's something to think about if Prince ever tried to do that or thought about doing that or just said, no, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> I mean, like having seen some of the interviews where he's mentioned Stevie Wonder, it does feel like Prince kind of knew he may be, you know, he may have considered himself a genius, but Stevie Wonder was probably just a tiny bit more of a genius than Prince. <laughs> and I think Prince kind of, Prince kind of realized that. Like, I, I don't think anyone can kind of look at Stevie Wonder's seventies output. Um, like, like I said, from like 1971 through to like, 76 and think that it isn't just like you know just a great song after a great i mean the only thing i have a problem with is i feel like songs in the key of life is just a little bit too long like stevie wonder maybe bought into his genius just a little too much and was like i can i can do like 14 15 songs whereas i think the other albums that are kind of like nine ten tracks are just perfect you know there's no kind of like filler on there whereas i feel like songs in the key of life kind of there's just a you know there's a, there's there's or maybe a, like a really great kind of single album hidden away in this slightly bloated double album, um, but I feel like most people could say that about every double album, um, you know I know that George Martin used to say that about the White Album he'd say you know it's it's a really it's a good double album but there's a great single album <laughs> hidden in there somewhere in those thirty songs and I think that's true with songs in the key of life you know like you could probably lose a few songs from that and you wouldn't really miss that much but. Um, yeah, I don't know. His his seventies output is kind of you can't dispute it, um, and also the fact that he you know he got one over on Motown um, because obviously there was a a bit of a contract dispute where you know they they kind of wanted to keep paying him the same rates they'd been paying him as a teenager, and he got to twenty one and he was like, I don't think that's going to happen. Like you know, I I know my value, and I'm going to I'm either going to get a lot of money out of you, or I'm going to get a lot of money out of somebody else. And obviously, you know, his contract ended up being, I don't know, worth quite a lot. 
Um, you know, those 70s albums, he made a lot of money off those. <laughs> so, not, you know, but anyone selling albums in the 70s was always making a ton of money. <laughs> like, you know, artists did okay in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, these days people have to rely on, you know, two trillion Spotify streams to make like a dollar. But, you know, in the 70s, if you were selling albums, you're making a lot of money. And his contract was, you know, that kind of negotiation was worth a lot. Obviously, you know, that's why the, that's why the Jackson 5 ended up walking away from Motown was because they were known for having, you know, really bad kind of contracts. Um, and that's another thing I love about Stevie Wonder as well is, um, you know, I'm trying to remember the track where he has like the Jackson 5 are just his backing band. And he's just like, you know, asked them to start singing and they start just doing backing vocals. It's like, that's how good Stevie oh, Wonder was. Oh, yeah. You could, um, you haven't done nothing. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's just like he's just like Jackson sing, and then they start singing his backing vocals. And like that's how powerful Stevie Wonder was. He could just call the Jacksons and be like, "You're gonna come into the studio and just do backing. I don't yes. even care how great your voices are. You know that's and and I think I think that's kind of maybe that's why Prince was just willing to kind of sit down and just play guitar on a song with Stevie Wonder because that's like the the power of it and also it's worth saying as well stevie wonder you know you know from what i've seen of his kind of like public you know appearances and stuff just seems like a really nice guy like you know there are people who under his circumstances you know probably would have ended up very bitter or you know but he just seems like the nicest person and you know he's always like whenever you see him he's always very upbeat and you know any interviews i've ever seen him in he's always really kind of funny and you know he's just like he just seems like a wonderful human being. And the fact that he's also like a musical genius just seems to be like a side thing where it's like, yeah, he's a great guy, but also he's a genius. And it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's not like he ever kind of, you know, it, I don't know. It just, it just never seemed to kind of like go to his head. Like he just always seemed to be very grounded, um, you know, and there were obviously, you know, his 80s output, probably the less said the better, but um, I don't know. It just like, if you just listen to those four, five 70s albums that he's done, you know, if you've just got like inner visions, I think you've pretty much got a perfect album. <laughs> so you don't even really need to listen to Fulfilling This First Finale, which is just the kind of worst title for an album ever, but just such a great album. Um, you know, but like just that output is so great. Um, and this song is so odd to me. That it's kind of like this is where we end up with Stevie Wonder. And also this is like the final thing. I, don't, I you know, I don't know that Stevie Wonder's ever going to release another album. That's the weirdest thing. So this this you know this album might end up being his final album, and like you say, yeah, he did even like even even on a kind of like putting out an album like this, he just kind of he ends up winning a you know a Grammy. <laughs> like not even doesn't he doesn't even really seem like he's kind of put. This isn't even like you know top shelf Stevie Wonder, and he still gets a Grammy out of it. Um, you know, but that's you know that's just Stevie Wonder, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think um, you know you said about him being a great person and everything. It also breaks my heart that so many music like legendary musicians that he loved and even mentored like they have passed and a lot of times he's had to play at their funerals like I think about Michael Jackson and Prince and Whitney Houston and just countless more and even like it always makes me so mad when like they call him to go on CNN like after Prince passed and like they're like oh Stevie can you play something for us like that's just such a terrible moment for him and he was too emotional to get through it so it breaks my heart that stevie has to has to like do these things because he's outliving all these remarkable people uh but yeah 
And I mean, it's also worth saying as well, you know, there's a, there's a song on this album, which is like a tribute to his wife who had kind of di died the year before. Uh, obviously, you know, they I think they were married and divorced pretty quick. <laughs> like, you know, it basically he'd released like three albums between like them getting married and divorced. Like it like it's, it's such, it was such a short marriage. But, you know, they stayed so close for like the rest of their lives. And, you know, it's always one of those things where, you know, you, you, obviously in Hollywood and, you know, with, with musicians and stuff, you kind of hear about these kind of bitter divorces. But it's like, of course, you know, Stevie Wonder is the kind of guy who would get divorced from his wife and still ended up like recording albums for her. And, you know, like and I, I, I don't know, I just I just everything about him seems so great. And he's like such a, you know, a generous person and such a genius. It's, it's kind of uh, like I said, you know, if I was to ever do a follow up podcast. It, well, it would only be the 70s stuff. It would only be, <laughs> I would limit myself to 1970 to 79 in terms of the stuff I'd cover for Stevie Wonder. But I don't know. I think talking about every single track, I, every episode would probably just be, of course, this is a great song. Five out of five, Stevie Wonder's a genius. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how interesting a podcast that would make. So, but yeah, I mean, so what the first, it's not like, like we said, it's not like kind of the greatest Stevie Wonder song. But for me, it's still like a solid like three out of five. Um, you know, the, it, like... Just hear, I mean, like, I think anytime you can just listen to Stevie Wonder singing, you know, it's always going to be three out of five. I don't think, you know, I don't think Stevie Wonder's ever kind of really made a, a really bad song. Um, apart from, I don't know, I just called to say I love you. It's probably a terrible song. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, even then, I, you still have his voice. And I think that's like above everything else, like even with kind of like the terrible 80s production that kind of plagued his albums in the 80s. And all that kind of like he's still his voice is so good that it just doesn't matter what he's singing on. It's it's still kind of just magical to hear like him singing. Um, and, you know, I think him and on Vogue, you know, it's a nice combination. Uh, not that on Vogue are really standing out. But then again, when you're singing next to Stevie Wonder, I, I think it's very hard to stand out. Yeah, I would, um, I hate to do this, I would give this song a one out of five, and it does, like, make my stomach hurt to do that to Stevie, <laughs> but it's just not a strong song, it's not the strongest song on the album, but definitely listen to the album, because there are some great songs on it, including, like I said, I can't say enough about the harmony on the title track of Time to Love with India Ari, um, but then also I want to mention um, Prince's longtime engineer, Femi Jaya, is um, also mixed this and uh, Stevie calls him out at the beginning of the song, which is cool. And then I just love how like Stevie calls out Prince. He's like, Prince, pop it. And then at the end, um, it's like, listen to Prince. And, and it's just fun to hear, you know, because of their relationship, because they're these legends. It's, it's, it's really fun to listen to, but I still have to give it a one out of five. I mean, it feels so easy to say shame on you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think is I just, uh, you know, I even a bad Stevie Wonder song, I, I don't think I could go lower than this. I just, I just love listening to his voice. That's the thing, you know, his voice is so great. So, um, but yeah, and it is nice that he does those little call outs. It's like, I think that's one of the things when this song first came out, where I was like, Prince is on this, and then he says Prince's name. I'm like, where that was? Is he just saying Prince? Like, it's just one of those things where it's kind of, it's so weird to just hear Stevie Wonder talking about Prince that I was like. You know, I I don't know. At the time, I remember being slightly befuddled, being like, "What's going on here? What's happening?" Like, um, you know. But yeah, I, I I mean, you know, I I think anyone should just listen to the entire of Stevie Wonder's output from the seventies. Um, you know, just so many great songs, and you know, just I mean, you know, when he when he sings, you know, maybe your baby, something like that, and you're just like, uh, I I don't know. It's just like his kind of layer of vocals and like the use of. 
I, I, whatever, whatever kind of like synths he had in the seventies, he must have got rid of them in the eighties because nothing has sounded as good as the stuff from the seventies. Um, but yeah, I don't know, just a genius. Uh, and you know, just doing this as a bonus was just more, just kind of an excuse for me to just talk about how great Stevie Wonder is, you know, for like a half hour. So, um, but yeah, I feel like we said about as much as anyone's ever going to say about so what the first. Um, so yeah, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Eric? Yeah, um, I read about Prince and spirituality at a purple day in December dot com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss M I S S underscore E Thompson E T H O M P S O N. And I didn't say this at the top, but the title of the album, as depicted on the cover, is a clock to heart, which is the most kind of Prince. I mean. I don't know if Prince was like responsible for the album art or something, but I love that it's kind of the most princeified version of the title. Um, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful little touch on the artwork. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us. Not sure why you would, unless of course you are Stevie Wonder. By all means, do email at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here. Thank you. And otherwise, goodbye. Uh, uh, come on.